Welcome back to a brand new episode of The Talk, a podcast about changing the world. I'm Walter Neslund, and as always, you're joining me on a road trip around Finland, Denmark, Sweden, and Norway to meet some of the most spectacular individuals, entrepreneurs, and game changers in the Nordics. In this episode, I traveled to Copenhagen to meet the Danish serial entrepreneur Morten Strunge and talk to him about his new venture into the super hot podcasting space with his startup Podimo. The room we had booked for the recording had somehow vanished in the booking system when I arrived in Copenhagen. So we ended up in a very small and cozy space up in my hotel room. Let's see if you can join us in that cozy feeling. Besides Podimo, we also talk about his earlier success stories, his exits, his entrepreneurial strategies, and how to tie it all together for a good life. We had a great time doing this interview, so I, I hope you will enjoy this episode as much as I did. Here is Morten Strunge. So welcome, Morten Strunge. Thank you. Or, well, I guess welcome to me. I'm in your town. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. We're in Copenhagen. I flew in here and I started reading up on you and I saw an amazing array of things you've done throughout your life. Do you want to give me some background? Yeah, well, I'm, uh, I think, what you call a serial entrepreneur. So uh, I founded uh, six or seven uh, different companies uh, from I was like 13 years old. Uh, some of them have been quite successful and some haven't. Uh, so I'll, I've uh, tried both uh, downhill and, and uphill, so to say. I think the most known ones, I founded a, a telecom company when I was uh, 18 years old, 19 years old, uh, out of house, high school. Uh, which was uh, acquired by the biggest telco here in Denmark, TDC. Uh, we had uh, around uh, 200,000 customers and 200, 250 employees um, at that time. Uh, exited when I was 25. And then uh, after that, I founded another telco, which was also acquired by the same company. Um, and then I've also founded a company called uh, Mufibo, uh, which was a subscription service for ebooks and uh, later audiobooks, uh, which was acquired by uh, the Swedish company uh, Storytel. The amazing Swedish company Storytel. Amazing Swedish company, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need to try to meet those guys. That, that's uh, such a great story. When you're a person like this and you just keep starting new stuff, what drives you? For me, it's um, I actually had a, I actually stopped operationally for a year ago and made an agreement with my wife that uh, we have two small kids that we should uh, take uh, at least three years off where we focus on our kids and we have a actually a, a vineyard in in, in Italy. Um, a winery in Italy uh, and, and focus our time there and, and travel and see the world and after six months uh, I sat and, and uh, listened to uh, I think one of my first podcasts series uh, really enjoyed it but uh, was really irritated about that every time I had to switch episode I had to press three or four times and when I was done listening to this uh, this true crime podcast uh, nothing happened no one tried to recommend me anything or anything. I was just left there on my own and ended up not listening to another podcast. And that was a trigger for me. So I was actually not supposed to start anything, but I just, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't I think help I yourself. Just, yeah, I could, can't help myself. I really enjoy taking something from some crazy idea and then suddenly you have a brand, you have customers, you have employees, and you're making a difference for a lot of people out there. And that's a, so that's how a long, kick. So how long did you manage to uh, stay away? Well, uh, 
eight months, I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, what did you, your wife think about that? She's still a bit upset, but uh, <laughs> I think she knows that's just who I am. Uh, yeah, I can't help it. I know a lot of entrepreneurs, and I've met a lot of entrepreneurs, and a lot of them, when they are even on vacation, they are so fidgety, they just can't relax, and they just need <laughs> to do something. Are you like that? Yeah, I'm actually, I've, I've been working a lot with that, also after getting kids, so, so really uh, trying to, to invest in, in free time as well, invest in, in family and friends and all that. Uh, and, and and knowing when to check in and when to check out. So I've actually worked a lot with myself uh, on that because I think it's important to have that right balance in order to actually produce more both at home but also uh, in terms of, of uh, the companies I'm involved in. But there's no doubt, it's, it's for me, it's not a... Uh, when I open my computer on a Sunday, it's because I love what I do uh, and I can't help it. And when I go on holiday, I always buy a new scrapbook. And uh, when we go back, there's always 20 pages of ideas uh, uh, of how to improve the existing companies I am or or just new uh, new ideas so yeah and you are I have to say I, I know this is a little bit unfair but you are my favorite guest because your <laughs> new company is a podcast company and I love podcast companies and podcasts yeah tell me about two things first I want to hear about Podimo what you're doing and yep. then I want to hear everything about how you view the podcast space right now yeah, so what we're doing with Podium, in general, I, I really love the audio format. I think that that, that there's a huge untapped potential in audio in general. Uh, it's it's much more convenient. It's much more accessible for, from a consumer perspective. Uh, the barrier to produce audio is much lower, so so you can produce a lot of, uh, of, of great content. Uh, I think we're still in the beginning phase of, of, of what we'll see within audio. Uh, one thing is audio books, but, but if you look at the whole media, industry uh, of storytelling, whether we talk journalism or we talk magazines or publishers and so forth, uh, I think that that they will jump into the audio space as a much higher degree than than than, uh, than the, what we've seen uh, until now. Um, and then looking at the podcast market, uh, a lot of the, the Western markets, uh, people listen, uh, 20% of people listen on a weekly basis. We believe it's in average around 16 to 20 hours. So that people are already now investing significant amount of time in in listening to podcasts, um, and that was really my outset in terms of Podimos. That if if, if with all the crap discovery out there, uh, if you look at, at companies, great companies like Apple and and Spotify and so forth, the whole discovery part is 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 quite bad. It's my view. Uh, one thing is 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 you you get recommended a podcast, you go in and find that, but then there isn't any good discovery or recommendation uh, engine out there for podcasts. I think a big part of that is, is driven by that the quality of the tagging in this industry is extremely poor, that if I make a podcast on football, I should tag it with sport and football and maybe a few other categories, uh, but I tag it in every category. I tag it with 20 different tags, uh, irrelevant tags, because my thinking is, okay, then I'll just be available for more people out there. Um, and that also, so I think one of the things that we want to fix with Podimo is the whole discovery and the recommendation part of uh, podcasts, uh, the whole curation part. So, so not just automated list, but also actually looking at locally in a market, looking out the window, say what's going on in Denmark or Sweden, for example, and how can we make and package a relevant list of, of content uh, for that audience in that given market or that given town or, and so forth. Um, so that's on the consumer side. I, I think that that a big part of it is the t- discovery part uh, that will drive more people listening to more podcasts. 
Uh, so I think we can increase the listening. And I actually think there's a great potential to increase the number of listeners as well, uh, so the addressable market. My belief is also that there should be m- many more podcasts out there than there is. If you look at the, the US market, for example, there's 700,000 different podcasts. If you look at YouTube, that's around 25 million YouTube channels. Um, so we are still really early days in terms of, of, of podcasts. Um, I believe we're still to see uh, a lot of, uh, if you bring in, what we want to do is that we want to bring in an ecosystem to the creators. So we really want to take the creator side, we want to be their preferred partner. Um, and if we succeed in creating this ecosystem, then I think we'll, what will happen is that a lot of the professional uh, companies out there, media companies, they will begin to produce audio content or what you could call podcasts. Uh, but we'll also see a lot of more people with uh, an interest for some specific area and knowledge uh, for some specific area jump into it at a much higher degree than we've seen until now. Because for a lot of people, they don't earn money on podcasts. It's something they have to do on the side. And if that became their call, then I think that will improve the the, the amount of time you can invest in preparing your podcast, in equipment for, for recording it, editing and so forth will increase and that will just end up with a much better product towards the consumer. Uh, and I think today's consumers, they, they want to pay for good quality. They want to pay for convenience and they want to pay for good quality content. Um, so for me, it's like there's no need for it to be a free. Uh, I, think, I don't think that the advertising model is sustainable. When I listen to a great true crime uh, podcast from US, uh, I'm listening to this new Wondery podcast at the moment and it's so... You're like you're so there in the zone, and then suddenly, one minute of crap advertising, uh-huh. U.S. advertising, if it's not even relevant for us over uh-huh. here, interrupts that feeling uh, and that excitement, and it's just it just breaks the product, the beauty of what podcast is. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so from the consumer perspective, we believe that that we can we can offer a lot in terms of much more content, much higher quality content, uh, but also offer a, a really nice platform that will make you make it much easier to discover your next podcast as well yeah and from the creator side what we want to fix there is making an ecosystem and uh, as opposite to to spotify for example spotify they don't give a share of their revenue towards podcasters um so the only thing you get with with spotify is uh distribution power so to say which is of course also very important um our model is a revenue share towards the, the podcasters but it's actually built on an individual basis so instead of just aggregating the revenue across all users and then aggregating consumption across all users, and then you get some kind of share of that revenue pie, we actually make a revenue pie for each individual user. So if you listen to two podcasts, then your revenue is split between those two podcasts. Uh, and that will make sure that that the niche podcast also has great value in being represented on our platform. That you have a, if you have a chess plat, uh, podcast with 2,000 listeners, then you actually also have a sustainable business model at Podimo with that podcast. Uh, and that's really important for me that it's just that I see a great value in the long and the mid-tail of podcasts. Um, and, 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 and I also see a value in top-tail, of course, but, but, but we're really been focused on, 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 on being something for the top tail, but also being something uh, for the mid and long tail of podcasters. Yeah, I think that's, uh, to me as a podcaster, I, that's very obvious that that's how it works. Uh, and uh, when you look at what happens now, I saw a number that Netflix represents 15% of all internet traffic in the world. Mm. It's 19 in the US. It can be up to 40 plus if you have like one of the premier nights. Yeah. 
And uh, can you buy advertising on Netflix? No. And same thing with YouTube. YouTube is promoting their premium product without advertising in a very uh, aggressive way. Yeah. And you know, I think that's as you say, it's it's all moving away from the ad paid model, like generally not just for podcasts, but for every media type towards this premium uh, model. And people are now used to paying for Netflix mm. or for HBO or for whatever. I think people, they value their own time. They value convenience uh, and they value great content. So if you can fix the convenience part, so I don't have to invest a lot of time in finding my next podcast. And that is also extremely relevant, that podcast I then listen to, I have a good experience, then people will pay for it. I think that's, as you said, that's already been proven in other industries and why shouldn't it be proven here? And it's also, if you look at the people listening to podcasts now, now I'm not saying that a, that our service should cost 20 euros per month. It will cost significantly uh, less than that because we think podcasts should be something for everyone. It shouldn't be uh, some uh, high-end uh, media. Uh, I think that's, that's, for me, is like one of our sole missions as well is that I believe that existing media are doing a really poor job in digitalizing themselves. And that's really sad because that then pushes a lot of uh, users and audience over to platforms like Facebook, where they then consume their 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 media, uh, which is a downward spiral from from my perspective. So I think what podcasts can do is that a lot of podcasts is entertainment, but a lot of it is also knowledge. It's people with great knowledge in a specific specific area area sharing that knowledge, um, and that should make, be made accessible. Yeah. Um, and and but I think you make that accessible by investing in tech and therefore there needs to be some kind of ecosystem to support it there needs to be enough uh, money in the ecosystem for us to invest heavily in tech and resources to build that beautiful platform and on the on the other side there needs to be uh, more money in order for, for people actually to invest time in in creating that great content so it's not just out of interest but but it's uh that's nice there's so much content already out there out of interest but I just think there could be so much more and 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 uh, so much better quality content. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think we'll see we'll see podcasts come becoming so much more. I think even if you look at like internal podcasts for big corporations to communicate with your teams and and your uh, employees, that kind of thing will probably be huge as well. Yeah, not least because in a podcast you have a it's a very kind of an intimate experience listening to podcast. Yeah, it's very close. It's not like. Uh, you know, watching a film is something else, and and getting this intimacy and getting that you're building a relationship in in a very you know effective way. Exactly, so I think that will be uh, also a huge part of it coming up coming up soon. And now, what we're doing right now, you and I, is exactly what I was afraid of. I would get stuck in <laughs> podcasting because that's what I love to talk about. But uh, if you if you kind of move away a little bit from that and look mm. at the, like the, the whole uh, space and the, the Nordic region, and because I mean you are very much. Uh, and a very active entrepreneur. Mm. And how do you see the Nordic region as an entrepreneurial region in general? And how do you see uh, Denmark in uh, in particular? I think that we have some uh, really good companies coming out of the Nordic region. I think it differs quite a lot, the Nordic region. So if you look at Sweden, they're much far ahead in terms of, of, of uh, spinning out uh, unicorn companies uh, compared to uh, the Denmark, for example. Um, I think that there's a lot of, of uh, investors uh, that are beginning to to really take the Nordic region serious and, and setting up offices and having people on the ground here. And I think that that uh, 
slowly, but we could do it faster. I think that 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 we could uh, improve the, the the model for taxation or how to how you can invest uh, money as a private person into unregistered companies and so forth. Uh, I think we have a lot of a lot to do on that front in Denmark still. Where it's very hard for for early stage to get money and and actually to even get your grandma to invest. That's a, that's a, she might have the money, but but there's so much taxation on it that it, it doesn't make make sense. Uh, so I think we have a lot to do in terms of the early stage, and then I think we have a lot to do in terms of the mindset of of building companies uh, that you uh, take them further and that you're more aggressive. Uh, I can see that from myself as well. I've exited three companies uh, really successful, but it was still Nordic, uh, Nordic uh, companies that could have easily also won markets, uh, much bigger markets. So I think that that our own uh, aggressiveness and appetite for for building great companies, big companies, uh, has also to improve uh, in order for for us to yeah to position ourselves better. Especially from Sweden, we've we've sold off a bunch of companies to the US. Yeah, what could make people keep those companies in the Nordics? Do you think? I think one important thing is talent. I think that that uh, it is hard and difficult to get talent to the Nordic uh, region. Uh, I think that uh, if I look in Denmark, for example, there's no doubt if we wanna also for Podimo, we're we're actually looking to hire a lot of people from from uh, from uh, outside Denmark because we wanna bring people on board that have tried scaling something before. We wanna bring someone not just that hasn't just worked in Denmark locally with marketing or content, but we wanna bring in people that has scaled uh, internationally at a, at a at a much bigger degree. Uh, and it's difficult to find those people. It's difficult to find developers uh, and to, and to get them attract them to, to Denmark as well. Very much driven by. The reluctance of of the, the the government to 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 make it easy for us to to bring in those people into the into the country, and sometimes throwing them out. Exactly. <laughs> no, we're doing an extremely poor job in terms of branding ourselves. Uh, why would you come to Denmark? With if you read the newspapers and you see <laughs> see uh, what's going on, it's uh, yeah. And we're doing the same thing in Sweden. We're throwing out some people that uh, you know worked a little bit too much or too little at some place, and then suddenly, and they can be like the excellent coders, you know, and still we. Really, don't keep them around. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's obviously obviously a problem. But if you look at your just looking back at your career, what has been? Uh, and I know this. Que- I've asked this question to so many entrepreneurs now, and and I ask them what has been a magical moment and what has been a very difficult moment. And everybody has a very easy time finding the difficult moment, but the the, the great moment. It seems like people don't entrepreneurs don't celebrate because they're already on to the next thing, you know. But if I ask you, have you had any uh, magical moments? I have, but if you, I've actually been criticized for not celebrating. Every time we did something great, we reached a milestone, we exited or whatever, it's like, okay, on to the next thing. So I've actually been being criticized uh, among some of our managers to saying, come on, you got to stop and you got to celebrate. You got to lean back and say, hey, you did really well and, and reflect that to the organization. And, and, uh, don't and, worry, you're not alone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, apparently. My wife says the same. It's like, come on, she's trying to shake me. Come on, yeah. say something. So um, I am uh, part of that club, yeah. I think, of uh, <laughs> people not really good at celebrating stuff. So uh, yeah, for me, it's what I, one thing is exiting. That's nice, but it's never been, for me, it's the, the beautiful thing is also the phase we're in now with Podimo, like really building it from scratch and seeing people working late and, and really just 
we even pivoted uh, our strategy radically already now before launch and like really just yeah it's it's uh that's the beautiful thing so taking something from nothing and then just seeing it be created and evolve and and uh, this organism which the company is i think is is really exciting mm. um yeah when are you launching the company beginning of september okay and how can i get on it you can download our app on app store okay and get started <laughs> great so if you just would give me three quick advice for an entrepreneur what would those three advice be i think one of the um, most important things that 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 uh, the plans you put down on paper they never turn out that way in reality uh, so one's ability to 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 make radical strategy shifts is is extremely important uh, and i think that ability increases as you there's a tendency that some 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 entrepreneurs say that you just got to kiss your girlfriend goodbye and then uh, work your ass off well, for me it's actually it's not important how much you work the, the most important thing and i can see that i'm also uh, an investor in, in in several other companies is that their the management and the ceo and the founders ability to to get into the helicopter and look at things strategically so not get too much involved in and you need to be operational of course but the ability to 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 step out of that role and just have that overview of the whole company of your market of the strategic uh, uh the, the value chain and so forth uh, have that overview and and then position your company in the right on the right path in terms of that and change the change the path as you go along that's like for me is priority one, two, and three. so so Th- those are the three <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. no really have uh scale management faster i think there's a lot of people that that tend to hire to junior um i've seen it once i from my after my first company I exited that and then started my second company and also if you look at podimo the senior management we have now already we're not even launched so great people it's just so they just cover off their area 100% uh, so you can focus on the on the strategy on the vision and 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 really and executing that and then you just you can sleep well at night because you have a CFO that knows how to do the CFO stuff you have a CTO that knows how to build the platform uh, so it's really to and i think that's back to to priority one, two, and three is to make sure you have uh, energy and 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 enough uh, freedom to to actually get out there into the helicopter and and think strategically because that's how you build big companies yeah so that was two yeah <laughs> But this is enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, this was fantastic. We are way over our time limit, and okay. <laughs> uh, I've I was um, it was just great to hear hear you talk about all this. And you are launching in September in in all all the Nordic markets, or yeah, yeah. So very much looking forward to that. And cool. thank you for taking the time. Yeah. Cool. Thank you very much. See you soon. See you. Yeah. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode. I think you will love the ones we have in the pipeline for you. We have some truly amazing guests coming up. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast player to make sure you don't miss any of them. Also, we would love if you could help us rate this podcast on iTunes to help us spread the word. That makes a huge difference. I'm Walter Nesland, and I look forward to seeing you soon in the next episode of The Talk. A podcast about changing the world by Nordia Private Banking.